John chapter number 11, if you're there, say amen. The Bible said, now a certain man was sick named Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary and her sister Martha. It was that Mary which anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore his sister sent unto him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom thou lovest is sick. When Jesus heard that he said, this sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God might be glorified thereby. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. And when he had heard, therefore, that he was sick, he abode two days still in the same place where he was. Then after that, saith he to his disciples, let us go in to Judea again. His disciples saying to him, Master, the Jews of late sought to stone thee, stone thee, and goest thou thither again. You ever ask the Lord that kind of question? Lord, do you know what you're doing? <laughs> Jesus answered in verse number nine, are there not 12 hours in the day any man walk in the day if he stumbleth not because he seeth the light of this world? But if a man walk in the night, he stumbleth because there is no light in him. These things said he and after that he saith unto them, our friend Lazarus sleepeth, but I go that I may wake him out of sleep. Then said his disciples, Lord, if he sleep, he shall do well. Lord, is that really necessary? Now, he's asleep, Lord, he'll wake up. And then said Jesus unto them plainly, Lazarus is dead. Sometimes the Lord's got to speak to us plainly, doesn't he? <laughs> Look at verse number 15. And I am glad for your sakes that I was not there to intent that you may believe. Nevertheless, let us go unto him. Then said Thomas, which is called Didymus, unto his fellow disciples, let us, go, let us also go that, may, that we may die with him. Somebody needed to tell Thomas, hold on a second. <laughs> Can I say zeal is a wonderful thing, but zeal with discernment is a greater thing. Uh, Thomas was ready to die. <laughs> Jesus said, oh, what? What are you talking about, Thomas. Look at verse 17, then when Jesus came, he found that he had lain in the grave four days already. Now Bethany was nigh to Jerusalem, about 15 furlongs off. And many of the Jews came to Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother. Then Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him, but Mary sat still in the house. Then said Martha unto Jesus, Lord, if thou hast been here, my brother had not died. But I know that even now, whatsoever thou wilt ask of God, God will give it thee. Jesus saith unto her, thy brother shall rise again. Martha said unto him, I know that he shall rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this? She saith unto him, Yea, Lord, I believe that thou art the Christ, the Son of God, which should come into the world. And when she had so said, she went her way and called Mary her sister secretly, saying, The Master is come, he calleth for thee. And as soon as she heard that, she arose quickly and came unto him. Now Jesus was not yet come into the town, but was in the place where Martha met him. The Jews which were with her in the house and comforted her when they saw Mary, that she rose up hastily and went out, followed her, saying, She goeth unto the grave to weep there. Then Mary was come where Jesus was and saw him. She fell down at his feet. 
saying unto him, Lord, if thou hast been here, my brother had not died. When Jesus therefore saw her weeping and Jews also weeping which came with her, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled and said, Where have you laid him? They said unto him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. Then said the Jews, Behold how he loved him. And some of them said, Could not this man which opened the eyes of the blind had caused that even this man should not have died? Jesus, therefore, again groaning in himself, cometh to the grave. It was a, a, a cave, and a stone lay upon it. And Jesus said, Take you away the stone. Martha, the sister of him that was dead, saith unto him, Lord, by this time he stinketh, for he hath been dead four days. Jesus saith unto her, Said I not unto thee, that if thou wouldest believe, thou shouldest see the glory of God? Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead was laid. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank thee that thou hast heard me. And I knew that thou hearest me always because of the people which stand by, I said it, that they may believe that thou hast sent me. And when he had thus spoken, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. One man said he had to be specific because had he just generally said come forth, everybody would have got out of the grave. And when he, was, he that was dead came forth bound hand and foot with grave clothes and his face was bound with a napkin, Jesus said unto them, Loose him and let him go. Then many of the Jews which came to Mary and had seen the things which Jesus did believed on him. Let's pray. to Heavenly Father, we thank you again for this morning. Thank you, Lord, for the opportunity, Lord, just to come and worship your name, to praise you for your kindness and your grace towards us. Lord, your mercy that is real, Lord, and your love that, Lord, isn't just told to us, but, Lord, it is experienced by us. Lord, I want to say thank you for loving me the way that you do. Lord, you love me beyond comprehension, beyond explanation, beyond reason, Lord, but I'm so thankful that you do. I pray, Lord, this morning that you hide me behind the cross of Calvary. Lord, you empty out of myself. Lord, fill me with the Spirit of God. Simply use me as your vessel this morning. Lord, I just want to be used of the Master one more time. Speak to our hearts, encourage us, strengthen us, challenge us, change us, convict us. God, do the work that needs to be done in our life at this moment and at this hour. We pray for those that are sick this morning, not able to be in church. Lord, know this is where they want to be. I pray, Lord, you just work in their hearts this morning. God, just continue, Lord, to show them, Lord, that you are capable of not just meeting with us here, but meeting with them where they are. And I pray, Lord, for those this morning, God, that are out of town, Lord, and uh, just not physically able to be here as well, would you help them? And we pray, Lord, this morning you work in the hearts and lives of every person that is here. If there's somebody here that doesn't know you as their personal Lord and Savior, God, would you save them by your grace? Change their life, change their eternity, only as you can do. Lord, we love you, we thank you. We'll give you the glory and the praise. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. You can have a seat this morning. Thank you so much for standing. That's a longer portion of Scripture, and but we, we have uh, smack dab in the middle of the holiday season. You say, well, preacher, John chapter number 11 isn't a Christmas sermon. It's not a Christmas account. We're nowhere near Bethlehem. And uh, preacher, I think you mis misplaced Bethany for Bethlehem. I, I know exactly where I am this morning, and I know what the Lord put in my heart. But we are in the holiday season. I'm one of those. I'm not, a, I'm not an Ebenezer Scrooge. I'm not a bah humbug. I enjoy this time of the year. I enjoy the lights. I enjoy the songs. I enjoy the festivity. I, I enjoy 
enjoy the cookies. I enjoy every part of it. I, I absolutely love it. I figured it's one of those, if I've got to go through it, I might as well enjoy it. I might as well have a good time. I might as well be excited about it. And this time of the year, it's full. In fact, it's the busiest time of the year. We were out and about just this prior week of getting things ready for Thanksgiving at the house and whatnot. And the, just the foot traffic has increased. Uh, there's people everywhere and going everywhere. It's time of anticipation. Little kids are wondering what is going to be underneath the tree for me and what are mom and dad going to get for me. And, and we, it's a time of excitement. It is, it's, it's Christmas time. It only comes one time of the year. It's busy. We've got plans and preparations. We're going from one place to the next and from one event to the next and one family to the next. And as long as everything goes well, it is the most wonderful time of the year. We'll enjoy the season, but there's one word that you and I do not want to hear between now and New Year's, and it's the word delay. We can't handle a delay. Preacher, I've got too much going on. I've got too many places I've got to be. I've got too many things. I, I don't have time for a delay. Can I just be real honest with you? Well, I don't think any of us have time for delay. None of us enjoy delays. None of us like it. We don't, we don't want to experience delays. We don't want our package delayed from Amazon. We don't want traffic delays. We don't want to sit at a red light. We don't want to wait for somebody to cross in front of us at the store. We got, we got places to go. I don't have time for a delay. We don't want our cookies too long in the oven. We wanted them, we want them now, amen. <laughs> my, my daughter, Shiloh, was marching around. She was, she was put to it by Miss Raylan. They were, they were marching around the kitchen yesterday saying, we want a popsicle, we want a popsicle, we want a popsicle. Preacher, what'd you do? I gave him a popsicle. <laughs> amen. They, 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 I figured we can put it into the strike now or we can draw this thing out. But simply put, we don't like delays. But how many know this morning that there's some delays in life that are bigger than the holiday season? There's delays that come into our life. We didn't ask for them. We didn't expect them. We weren't looking for them. Delays like a loss of a job. Delays like the death of a loved one. Delays like a sickness that we weren't expecting to be diagnosed with. And it puts a halt to everything we seemingly wanted to do. It's like it just slams the brake. And now we are going at full speed and everything has come to a stop. I don't know about you, but I don't always like in the moment when it first happens, when everything just comes to a screeching halt, I don't always say, man, I am so thankful for this. I, I was waiting for this, Lord. I, I'm so grateful that you picked of all times right now today to cause a delay in my life. We don't expect it. They're accidents in our eyes. They're unexpected. But what if God is the one that causes the delay in your life? And then we have to take scripture upon scripture and realize he does all things well. And when God is the source and the producer of the delay, we have to step back and say, all right, Lord, why have you delayed me? Why have you slowed me down? Lord, I had dreams, I had goals, I had aspirations. And Lord, I've been talking about this for, for years now. Lord, I don't have time to slow down. But what if the delay in your life isn't an accident, but rather it's appointed by the Lord? We find some ladies this morning, you could say in John chapter number 11, life has dealt them a delay. 
But we come to find out it's not happenstance. It's not, it's not just things that were progressing and going along, but rather that there was a sovereign God behind this delay in their life. And so just for a little while this morning, I want to preach on this thought of divine delays. When God causes the delay in your life, every Christian you cannot better understand their divine delay by noticing the following truths found in this divine delay in John chapter number 11. I'd encourage you to try to say the title 10 times fast. <laughs> but notice number one this morning, we see the plan of the delay. Now, to be completely honest with you this morning, I can't fault Mary and Martha for their reaction and for how they process what has happened to their brother Lazarus. By the looks of it, this man, their brother who has been sick, obviously there's been some physical signs, there's been some, maybe some emotional signs that have taken place where they look at him and say, I don't think he's getting any better. If things don't change, I feel as if our brother is going to die. And so what do they do? Well, they do what every good Christian should do. They bring that need and that, that petition to the Lord. Somebody go get Jesus. Somebody figure out where he is. Somebody track him down and bring him to Bethany because we know if he gets here, Lazarus won't die. Their, re their request came with the predetermined expectation. We will ask, Jesus will get here, Lazarus will be healed, and our delay will be over, and life will go on, and everything will be wonderful. They had a plan, but can I tell you this morning, so does the Lord. They just weren't the same plans. Can anybody testify about that this morning? You had great plans. You had wonderful plans. You had plans that you thought these are foolproof, they are fail-proof. God is going to bless these plans just to find out God did not have the same plans that you had. And we have to learn this morning that sometimes God brings a delay into our life so we'll leave behind our plans and pick up on his plans for our life. But we see this morning, sometimes we can, uh, there's some things we can derive about this planned delay. The Lord planned this delay. He, he knew what he was doing. Verse number six shows us that. Look at verse number six. The Bible said, we had heard therefore that he was sick. Who? Jesus heard that Lazarus was sick. Jesus put uh, all the disciples into the wagon. He, he grabbed the AED. He grabbed the medical kit. He, he grabbed everything and he rushed down to Bethany to heal and to help Lazarus. No, the Bible said he abode there two days. He's got this news about this life-threatening condition in Lazarus' life and I could see his disciples, oh we're, oh, we're fixing to head back there and we gotta get there, Lazarus is gonna die, we've got to save Lazarus. And Jesus says, no, y'all just hang out for a little bit. Drag your feet for a little bit. How long, Lord, about two days. Lord, I mean, Thomas was ready to go die. I could see, Tom, Tom, Lord, we got to get there. Lord, we don't have time to waste. We don't have time to, 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 to give. Lord, we have to get to Bethany. And sometimes in our life, yes, we understand that the Lord's return is imminent. It could happen any day now. But even with that in the forefront of my mind and in your mind this morning, we have to remind ourselves we do not need to get ahead of God. 
We need to stay in step with him. The, the, the delay was planned. He had a plan to stay exactly where he already was. And here's the thing. The disciples faced the, the temptation to go out and in the name of Jesus, we're going to go out before you, Lord, and help Lazarus. What were they going to do besides what everybody else has already tried to do? The delay was planned. Divine delays in your life, they are sovereignly planned by God. God knows what he's doing. In your state of, of excitement and, and, and anxiety and, and I've got to solve this, God is standing over there saying, just calm down. We got plenty of time to wait. The delay was planned. Notice this, the delay was not a punishment. Oh, see, see, maybe, maybe the Lord was mad at Lazarus. Maybe Lazarus had a bad thought and maybe Lazarus said a bad word and maybe Lazarus had a bad attitude towards his sisters. How many brothers in here that have siblings know that every now and again, a bad attitude slips across your mind. I love them to death, but I may very well be the cause of their death. And maybe Lazarus, from some, for some reason, unbeknownst to us, Jesus is now mad at him. Oh, oh, now they want help. Now Lazarus is calling out to me. Now Lazarus is seeking my help. Well, I'm going to make him suffer for a little bit. I'm going to make him wait on me. Well, the Bible proves that wrong this morning. Verse number three, therefore, when his sister sent unto him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom thou lovest is... Jesus, we know that you love Lazarus and he is not well. And then the Bible confirms in verse number five, now Jesus loved Martha, there's one of the three, and Mary, her sister. And if you had to stop there, we wouldn't know, but he said, and Lazarus. Jesus said, oh yeah, I love Lazarus. And this delay that is coming into his life is not me punishing Lazarus and not me exuding my wrath upon the life of Lazarus. He said, but rather, there's a greater plan going on here and there's a greater, greater idea than Lazarus can realize. And this delay in Lazarus and Mary and Martha's life is to the glory of God. And sometimes in our life, when we get in the midst of our delay, when we get laid off, when the bad news comes, in when life comes to a screeching halt we step back and say Lord what have I done wrong and sometimes the answer is absolutely nothing God just has a delay the delay was not a punishment it was not because he didn't love them but because he did that the delay was brought into their life <laughs> so it was it's planned but it wasn't a punishment what was it for well the delay had a purpose Verse 7 through, 7 through 15, he, he, he tells the purpose to his disciples before he tells it to anybody else, and it goes right over their head. It goes right over their head. That, that, that gives me hope. That blesses my heart that I, as a pastor and a preacher and a father and a husband and as just a Christian this morning, that I, 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 there's sometimes I, 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 I don't know what to do. I don't know where to go. I don't know what to, what to say and come to find out that sometimes they were just like that too. And sometimes we try our best to figure out what God is doing. How many thought you had God figured out and you didn't? <laughs> they, they were ready for it. They, they have, Lord, I, Thomas was ready to die. Boy, you can hang out with Thomas if you want to. <laughs> Thomas, let's get some sense about this. <laughs> Where is this idea of dying coming from? Notice this, they, the delay had a purpose. Verse 7 through 10, it was to display his grace. Then after he saith unto his disciples, let us go into Judea. And one of them said, hold on a second, Lord. 
Don't you remember last time we was there? They was trying to kill you, Lord. Do you want to go back there? The Lord said, yeah. That's exactly where I want to go. How many glad that the Lord's willing to come back? Even when we don't treat him right the first time, the second time, the third time, he's willing to come back into our lives and to work in our hearts and to move again. And God caused a delay in the life of Mary and Martha so that some people could see his grace on display. Not only that it had a purpose to display his grace, but to display his great power. Now, we know Jesus could have simply said it, and Lazarus would have came out of the tomb no matter where Jesus was standing at. The account of Jairus' daughter shows us that. He, he, along the way, just heals Jairus' daughter without going to the home of Jairus. Jairus returns and finds out at the moment that Jesus said that his daughter was well. Well, why in the world would, would Jesus not do it here? He has the ability. He could have done it. Look at verse number 15. I am glad for your sakes that I was not there to the intent you may believe. Nevertheless, let us go one day. What an interesting statement. Here is Lazarus facing death and Jesus said, I was glad I wasn't there. That almost sounds like it ought not to say that, but Jesus said, I'm glad I wasn't there because had I just merely spoken, had I just simply took care of it, had I kept him from death, it would not show my power on full display because doctors can give a medicine and they can give a prescription and they can aid in your, your healing, but there's only one man who can bring another man out of death and it's Jesus Christ. He said this, this, this delay is to display his great power. So we see this delay was planned. Let me ask you, are you just upset about the delay? Or are you willing to see God and ask God, what is the plan? behind this delay. Notice number two, we see the reaction to the delay. <laughs> Verses 17 down through 37. Notice what the Lord didn't do concerning this delay. He didn't ask nobody for permission. He didn't go to, well, let, call up Mary and Martha. Mary, is it okay if I stay and I come four days late? Is it all right if I, if I hang out here for two more days, which puts me back, and I won't get there until your brother's been dead for four days? Jesus doesn't ask any permission. Uh, he, he doesn't ask anybody for uh, the willingness to do it. He, he does it on his own. Would you, let me ask you, would you be okay if God caused a delay in your life without asking you and brought it into your life? Would you say, yes, Lord, I want that. I don't think, well, I think we'd struggle with that. Though Mary and Martha didn't ask for this delay, we can see their reaction to it. Look at verse number 20. They both reacted to the same delay. So then Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him, but Mary sat still in the house. We see that they both reacted to the same delay, but notice this, they reacted in different ways. Martha became desperate. Mary became discouraged. How do you know, preacher, they, they both were seeing the same delay, the same thing was bothering at verse number 21. Then said Martha unto Jesus, Lord, if thou hadst been here, my brother had not died. Look at verse number 32. Then Mary, when, when Mary was come where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down at his feet saying unto him, Lord, if thou hadst been here, my brother had not died. They were both upset by the same thing, but they reacted differently. Martha becomes desperate. 
She runs to where the Lord is. She, she, she catches him in the way. I ain't got time to wait for him to get to the house. I, I ain't got time to cook biscuits for him this time. I've got to get to where he is. And she becomes desperate. But Mary sits there and is discouraged. May we not get so high on our spiritual horses that when we watch somebody go through a delay, we critique them for how they go through it. Well, preacher, if that was my delay, I wouldn't have done it like that. I wouldn't have thought that. I, I wouldn't have acted that, lay, that way. Can I say there's been, <laughs> that's one of the things I've learned in my young age as I've been growing up and pastoring is that people go through things in different ways. Preacher, what do I know? I'll love them through it. Encourage them. Help them the best that we can. But we see here, Mary becomes discouraged. She sits still at the table. Doesn't get up. Martha becomes desperate, comes running to where the Lord is. And here's the interesting thing. Jesus had a solution for both of them. He knew exactly how to help each of them. Notice that how did he help Martha? Well, he reminded her of the truth. Look at verse number 23. She runs to the Lord. Verse number 22. I know even now whatsoever thou wilt ask of God, God will give it thee. Lord, I know all you got to do is say, and, and, and she's, you can hear the desperation in her voice. Lord, I, I, if Lord, you've been here, we could have missed all this, but since you are here, and Jesus says in verse number 20, Jesus said, I heard thy brother shall rise again. Look at verse number 24. Martha said to him, I know that. How did God help Martha through her delay? He reminded her of things that she already knew. Martha, you're going to see Lazarus again in the... Lord, I know that. Then he goes on to verse number uh, 25. And Jesus, or 25, he said, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet he shall live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this? What does Martha say in verse number 27? Yea, Lord, I believe that. Thou art the Christ. <laughs> told, him two, told her two different things she already knew. Can I say this morning that when you and I become desperate in our delays. How does God calm us down? Well, he tells us things we already know. My grace is sufficient for thee. I will supply all thy needs according to my riches and glory. I, I, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. There's nothing new this morning. There's, 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 I need something new. Probably you need something God's already told you. And you just need to be reminded of it. He reassured, he reminded Martha of the truth. <laughs> Notice this, he reassured Mary with his presence. He called for her. He didn't cast her off in verse number 28. And when she said, said so said, she went her way and called Mary, her sister, secretly saying, the master has come and calleth for thee. Now that's not Martha. That's not the Martha we read about in the other, other gospels and other accounts. Martha is a caller out. Lord, don't you see my sister sitting there doing nothing and, and I'm over here preparing. Lord, you need to straighten her out. No, he says, she walks up to Mary now and says, Mary, he's here and he's calling for you. Why don't you follow me? He reassured Mary with his presence. He also doesn't publicly humiliate her. He calls her secretly. Verse number 32, he was moved by her emotions. 
Lord, if thou hast been here, my brother had not died. And Jesus, therefore, seeing her weeping and the Jews also weeping, which came with her, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled. Well, I'm just glad this morning that we have a Savior who is not touched with the feeling of our infirmity. He knows what we're going through. He knows when our heart breaks and our heart aches. And he knows how to identify with us. He's not a God far off somewhere who's just seemingly looking down to where we are. But he is God. He is Emmanuel, God with us. He reassured Mary with his presence. His presence in our delays is, always seems to help. Well, you ever been through the delay and <laughs> the delay is still there? Lazarus is still dead. The problem is still evident and present, but then he just sits down with you. And nothing changes on the outside, but God begins to do that work on the inside. And you just take a deep breath and say, thank you, Lord, for coming my way. Thank you, Lord, for spending some time with me. He reminded Martha of the truth. He reassured Mary with his presence. But look at verse 36 and 7. Notice what the others realized. This delay caused those that were around them to see something significant about their relationship with Jesus Christ. Then said the Jews, Behold how he loved him. And some of them said, could not this man which opened the eyes of the blind have caused that even this man should not have died? They realized this great love that Christ had for Lazarus and Mary and Martha. But one thing we have to realize is that when you and I allow the world to influence, they may make a correct observation, but they may not always give us good advice. Obviously, the Lord loves them. Why did he let them die? You got to realize this more. The world can see this. It can recognize this, but it doesn't have the answer. They realize the love that Jesus had for them. He had loved them so much. Why would he let this happen? Let me ask you this morning. How are you going to react to your delay? What is going to define it? Your emotions, others' opinions, or God's word, his promises, and his presence? We see the reaction to the delay. We see the plan of the delay. And notice number three, this one, we see the results of the delay. Verses 38 through 30, 45. We often focus on the negatives of a delay, wasted time. I'm, I got things to do and now I'm stuck here. I got places to go. I ain't got time to go to the DMV. I ain't got time to do this. I ain't got time to be sick. I ain't got time. I ain't got time for none of that. We always focus on the negatives. Missed opportunities, lost resources. They could have done that too. Oh, we'll never, we'll never get to eat dinner with our brother again. We'll never get to have a conversation with our brother again. We'll never get to experience this and experience that. And they could have easily fallen into the same trap we do. But there are a lot more positives than negatives when it comes to this delay. Notice, first of all, faith was magnified. Verse 39 through 41, Jesus said, take away the stone. Martha, the sister of him that was dead, saith unto him, Lord... By this time he stinketh, for he hath been dead four days. Here's the thing. We've heard this story, this account so much that we think in our minds it's absolutely normal for people to go to a grave and remove a stone from it, to take the cap off of it. Can I say in no other place is that normal? Is that accepted behavior? I don't know about it. Okay. Next time you ask me to preach the funeral and they've placed the casket in the ground, they've put the, the, the dirt on top of it, and all. And it's, it's final in that sense. What would you think of me if I said, all right, take the dirt off and open up the casket? 
You'd say, preacher, you done lost your mind. <laughs> Jesus said, take away the stone. And Martha said, oh, hold on a second, Lord. He's been in there four days. He, he stinketh. His, his body has begun to compose or decompose. <laughs> Jesus said to her, said I not unto thee, verse number 40, that if thou wouldest believe, thou shouldest see the glory of God. Verse number 40, 41, faith was magnified. They took away the stone from the place where the dead was laid. Can I say, I don't know if that, I don't know if that was legal. <laughs> I don't know if that was against the law. But he said, didn't you say that you'd believe that I could do anything? If I just ask of it and it'd be done, maybe Martha gave him a look and said, go ahead, take the stone away. It's not a great act of faith. They, they, they didn't sail halfway around the world and raise a million dollars. They just simply took Jesus at his word. Take away the stone. Faith was magnified. Notice the son glorified the father. Verse number 41. They took away the stone from the place where the dead was laid and Jesus looked up his eyes and said, Lazarus, come. Not yet. Father, I thank thee. Now thou hast heard me. And I know thou hearest me always. But because of the people which stand by, I said it, that ye may believe that thou hast sent me. The Lord didn't stumble upon the scene. You know, what's going on in Bethany today? I didn't know this when I got here. The Lord didn't just happen to be there. No, he was sent by the Father. Lord, Father, I know that you've sent me. The Son thanked the Father for allowing him the opportunity to glorify him. And here's the thing, if he was sent to this delay, then you and I can be rest assured this morning that he'll be sent to our delay. And we'll be able to stand back and say, I'm so thankful that God the Father sent the Son to help me in my need. The Son glorified the Father. Obedience led to the miraculous. Look at verse number 41. They obeyed the command. Verse 43 and 44, Christ did the miraculous. They rolled away the stone and God breathed life into a man that was dead merely by the words of his mouth and Lazarus came forward. What a sight that would have been. What an experience that would have. Could you imagine being there in Bethany that day or outside of Bethany and see a man who wasn't just kind of dead and who was in and between eternity, but he had already died. And he comes walking and hopping out of the tomb. Notice this, obedience led to miraculous. Let me ask you, was it required that the stone be rolled away? Could, was that the thing that was hindering Jesus? I tell y'all, I mean, I am the resurrection of life, but that stone right there, I can't handle it. I'm gonna need y'all to get the stone out of the way because I can't handle that. Well, we know good and, good and well that the day that Jesus Christ rolled, rose again, he rolled away the stone himself. By his own power and by his own might, the stone was rolled away. So why would Jesus ask them to roll the stone away? He was giving them opportunity to be involved with the miraculous. Their simple obedience opened up a door for them to be involved in Christ doing a miracle. The same thing is true in our life. We can't save nobody. We can't change nobody's life. We, we can't bring that which is spiritually dead to spiritual life. We can, only God could do that. Can I tell you this morning, God doesn't need us. He could do it all by himself. But God gives you an opportunity per se to roll the stone away in some people's lives. Give the opportunity for God to do the work. We express and preach and share the gospel. We live godly in front of people. We are, we are compassionate and concerned with people. We meet them where they are and God allows us to roll the stone away so he can do the miraculous. He allowed them to be evolved by their 
obedience. I heard a story of Andrews was visiting a church. He said, I said, he walked into the back of the church and there was a man, he said, there's an elderly man standing there. So I went over, shook his hand and said, hey brother, so glad, thank you for being here this evening. Uh, thank you for letting me come. He said, preacher, we're so glad to, for you to be here. And uh, the evangelist said, let me ask, how old are you? He said, I'm, I mean, I'm about 75 years old. And the evangelist said, oh man, he's probably got a, a lifelong testimony. He said, and he said, before he could even ask the man, the elderly man said, you mind if I tell you how I got saved? And the evangelist said, no, I, go ahead, tell me. He said, actually, I haven't been saved very long. He said, I was saved when I was 69 years old. God saved me. He said, but let me tell you how it happened. He said, I, I, I lived my life. I worked, I retired. He said, when I retired in my 60s, I began to take up a hobby of buying and selling antiques. He said, I would you know, buy an antique here, sell it there, make a little price. He said, it kept me occupied in my retired life. He said, one day I was driving down the road and he said, I seen uh, something that I've been wanting for a while. He said, I seen it in a man's front yard. He said, it was two wagon wheels. He said, my wife was next to me and I told my wife, he said, I'm gonna turn around and ask that man if he's willing to sell those wagon wheels. He said, I've been wanting some for a while. He said, so I pulled back around, pulled this man's driveway, knocked on the door, introduced myself, told him what I was about and said, I was very interested in buying his wagon wheels. He said, so I asked him, how much would you take for those wagon wheels? So the man began to think about it. He said, I tell you what, I'm not going to sell them to you. He said, but if you, come to with me, or see, if you come with me to church on Sunday morning, I'll give them to you. So the man thought, he said, really? You, you would do that? He said, yeah, you come to church with me on Sunday morning, I'll give you the wagon wheels. He said, well, I'll think about that. Said, so he left. He said, without the wagon wheels? Got in the car and my wife asked me, he said, how'd it go? Did you make a deal? He said, that man ain't gonna sell them to me. He said, but if I come to church on Sunday morning, he said, he'd give them to me. He said, now, him and his wife really hadn't been to church. They said, they've been a couple times, Christmas, Easter, things like that. And his wife said, well, honey, you really don't have much going on. It ain't gonna hurt nothing to go to church on Sunday morning. And plus, you'll get two free wagon wheels. It seems like a pretty good deal. He said, so he pulled back around in the man's driveway and said, I'll be there Sunday morning and I'll pick up my wagon wheels after service. The guy said, sounds good. The man testified, he said, I got to church that Sunday morning. He said, that preacher began to preach and he said, before I realized that the Holy Ghost is working in my heart. He said, I got saved that Sunday morning and then found out on the other side of the altar my wife was getting saved at the age of 69. He said, and ever since then, he said, I haven't missed church. I've been here over two little wagon wheels. A man was willing to roll a stone away to make room for God to work. Let me ask you this morning, what stone needs to be rolled away in your life? Or in the life of somebody else so that God can do the work? He's already rolled the stone away and it opens up the opportunity for God to work. Notice the obedience led to the miraculous and finally people were drawn to Christ, verse number 45. And many of the Jews which came to Mary and said to the things which Jesus did believed on him. Our delays aren't so much for ourselves, but so that others can see the Lord's abilities through our delays. I, I can see, and we, we know the account after this. We, we, we can see just the fellowship there. Could you imagine having a conversation 
with Lazarus? Lazarus, you scared to die? Well, now I've actually done that. Been there. Got the t-shirt. Lord's faithful. And I can see Mary and Martha. Boy, we sure did not expect that delay. We sure not ex- didn't expect Jesus to do what he did and how he did it, but we're so glad that he did. <laughs> I can see some of those that believe. Say, so what pushed you over? What made you believe God and that Jesus was really the son of God? Well, I watched a dead man come to life. I figured if he could do that for him, he could do that for me. And so I just decided to believe him. Can I encourage you this morning, if you're in the midst of delay, God's got a reason for it. And it may not necessarily just so you can come out the other side and worship him and praise his name. That's wonderful. That happens here. And no doubt it'll happen in your life. But it may be so others can see Christ working in your life in an uncomfortable situation. That they may be drawn unto him. Whose results do you desire to see from your divine delay in your life? Is it your results or is it the Lord's results? Let's all stand as one every head bowed, every eye closed.